This is podcast number 20, and this is Romeo 1 Oscar. So I want to start out with uh, some information. This comes from Summit News, written by Steve Watson, DHS head, DOJ is investigating leaders of BLM, Antifa, and financers. Homeland Security admits we know that there is organization as videos of agitators chant, chanting death to America emerge. And you can find that video on our Telegram as well as our Instagram in Oakland where there was about six or 700 people chanting through the, going through the town, smashing windows, and starting fires chanting death to America, something commonly heard from overseas. Now on our streets by these BLM and Antifa types. So if anybody thinks those people are noble, you are incorrect. The acting head of the Department of Homeland Security declared Monday night that the Department of Justice is targeting and investigating the leaders of Black Lives Matter and Antifa over violence and rioting in cities. Appearing on Tucker Carlson's show, Chad Wolf also claimed that the feds are going after those paying for the organization of the rioting. When asked by Carlson, why haven't we seen the leaders of Antifa and BLM arrested and charged with conspiracy under RICO, Wolf said he had spoken to the Attorney General personally about the matter. I know that they are working on it. Look, we have seen about 300 arrests across this country regarding civil unrest and protesting. Violent protesting and I would say criminal protesting. I know the Department of Justice has charged about 74, 75 individuals there in Portland with different federal crimes. We will continue to see how those investigations are going. Department of Justice is also targeting and investigating the heads of these organizations, the individuals that are paying for these individuals to move across the country. Wolf also repeated information from police reports indicating that most people arrested for rioting in Kenosha, Wisconsin were from other cities. What we know, Tucker, is that we have seen groups and individuals move from out of state so we know they are moving around we have seen them in dc in sacramento el cerro we had about 175 arrests in kenosha almost 100 of them were from out of state these tactics are employed in portland and other cities You know, uh, that chant of death to America was also heard in Kenosha. It's, it's, It's a new thing. And I'm going to go back to the article here one more time. Wolf also noted that Joe Biden must be delusional for threatening that there will be more violence if Trump is reelected. Trump is going to be in Kenosha today. But, uh... It is, it is pretty crazy. Um, I can't get over the fact that these people chanting death to America on our streets. But I guess I'm not surprised.
One thing that was uh, interesting too is there's a a user on Twitter called Chillum. This was something I think when uh, Nat G and I were talking. There's the YPG connection because people from Antifa were over fighting for YPG. They came back to our streets and they are involved in these riots. YPG is a declared uh, terrorist organization by many countries because of their far left communist tactics. The Department of Homeland Security is quietly tying Antifa to foreign powers. All members will be subject to surveillance and searches, and the authorities won't need a single warrant to do any of it. These individuals' personal information, including their social security numbers, home addresses, social media accounts, have been generated by DHS's tactical terror response teams. Antifa is being analyzed under the 2019 Strategic DHS strategic framework for countering terrorism and targeted violence. While the law generally prohibits intelligence agencies from spying on U.S. residents, many of those protections do not apply if the individual is believed to be acting as an agent of a foreign power. The Obama-Biden era made this very easy to do. Designating someone as a foreign sponsor makes a huge legal difference in the government's ability to pursue them. The entire apparatus of U.S. intelligence agencies can be brought to bear down on someone who is considered an agent of a foreign power. The swamp forced the DHS to reassign its intelligence chief after the Washington Post was fed classified info revealing that the agency had been compiling intelligent reports on Americans posing as journalists and radical left-wing activists in Portland. And just so you know, a lot of people, they go around calling themselves journalists to try to prevent them from being arrested and just in order to provoke more it's insurgent tactics on our soil under the guise of president trump's executive order to protect monuments and other federal property the dhs created the protecting american communities task force which sent dhs assets to portland and other cities they were not sent there for monuments In June 2020, U.S. Customs and Border Protection National Targeting Center Counter Network Division compiled CBP and counter data on individuals who returned from Syria and fought with the Yakunyan Parastina Gel, YPG, Translation People's Protection Units. Individuals were then reported to have ties to Antifa, CBP, Concerns about an interest in those individuals stem from the types of skills and motivations they may have developed during their time overseas in foreign conflicts. Some of the individuals described in this report have denied membership in Antifa, but did admit to identifying with far-left causes. DHS now defines Antifa broadly and purposely to encompass these various left-wing causes. Investigations include all fundings. And this is some of the stuff, you know, talked about yesterday. These are very much, these are very well funded. And I think one thing that I've, I've pondered, and this is just me pondering here, but I do wonder at times when I see some of the activities that occur at the big tech companies, 
be it Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit probably as well, with their complete anti-conservative bias. And then as well, when people have dug in to look to see at the people who are actually at these companies and how many of them have their pronouns plastered and even express a, <laughs> express across their social media their support for things like Antifa. You know, we know that uh, there's a video that um, Breitbart got a hold of in 2018 which showed the people at Google basically having a breakdown uh, when Hillary Clinton lost and wondering what they can do. That may have radicalized some of those people there as well. All right. This comes from FBI Chicago. Gangs formed packed to shoot police officers who draw weapons on suspects. Multiple street gangs have struck a pact to shoot Chicago Police Department members if officers draw their weapons on suspects in public, according to a newly obtained federal intelligence warning. WLS reports the situational information report from FBI officials in Chicago dated August 26, 2020 states members of these gang factions have been actively searching for and filming police officers in performance of their official duties. The purpose of which is to catch on film an officer drawing his or her weapon on the subject and the subsequent shoot-on site of the said officer in order to garner national media attention. Alerts based on police intelligence, no matter how unspecific, are frequently distributed to law enforcement agencies, according to investigators, especially when they involve threats to officers. The FBI alert headlined, Pact Made by People... People, nation, gang factions to shoot on site any officer with a weapon drawn list street gangs that have become well-known in Chicago for the past five de decades, from the Latin Kings and Vice Lords to the El Rukans and Black Peace Stones. Speaking to WLS, CBP Superintendent David Brown acknowledged that officers face a sense of lawlessness. Though he would not weigh in on the latest FBI Chicago alert, I think it's bigger than a suggestion. I think 51 officers being shot at or shot in one year, I think that can draw quadruples any previous year in Chicago's history. So I think it's more than a suggestion that people are seeking to do harm to cops. We know that, back to the previous um, information, you know, we know that these people are receiving funding and the funding... Um, is education, you know, um, George Soros, Tom Steyer. And as I had mentioned before, with some of these um, social media platforms with the power that they have. And they all, and let, let's also add about the social media platforms. They all seem to have this belief that they're altruistic and helping out the country. And so Essentially, whatever they do is, is some sort of a noble endeavor. And I do wonder at times, especially when you see the activities, as I laid out before, from these social media companies, 
if they aren't on some level playing into this, into that. I'm not sure. Just interesting, interesting times. So yesterday, Joe Biden came out of his basement and condemned violence. Of course, the New York Times is coming out. <laughs> Michelle Goldberg, who is just a horrible, horrible propagandist for the New York Times opinion page. Biden condemned violence. Why won't Trump? Only one candidate incites his supporters to mayhem. This is interesting because, you know, this it plays on uh, what I talked about in podcast number 18 about the the white nationalist type stuff. Again, they're tying Trump back to white nationalist and Trump didn't condemn white nationalist is their claim. And I laid out in that that he did. But them saying this then again justifies the violence against Trump supporters. We know all summer long Trump has been condemning violence. Let's go to the post-millennial flashback. Joe Biden Condemned Trump's actions to stop violence in Portland. This is by Mia Cathol. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden spoke on Monday in Pittsburgh, finally denouncing recent violence in Portland. This involved the cold-blooded killing of a Trump supporter by a man who identifies Antifa. However, back in July, Biden condemned President Trump's decision to send federal agents to Portland to quell the unchecked civil unrest. Biden previously wrote in a press statement, we have a president who is determined to sow chaos and division to make matters worse instead of better. We all remember the appalling scenes in front of the White House when peaceful protesters were gassed to make way for a Trump photo op. Remember, there's so much here. Okay, let's take this apart a little bit. We have a president who is determined to sow chaos and division. This is a lie. But it's to create the interpretation by people who may be low information to just believe that he is sowing chaos and division. But this, peaceful protesters were gassed to make way for a Trump photo op. These were people who were attacking Secret Service, throwing items at Secret Service, throwing items from rocks to various other projectiles that they could find around, setting fires, this is not peaceful. Now, in response to kind of further this down, Trump did speak to uh, Laura Ingram on Fox News uh, last night. Trump, I don't want my supporters confronting protesters. During an interview aired on Monday's broadcast of the Fox News Channel's Ingram angle, President Donald Trump stated that he does not want his supporters to confront left-wing protesters and that such matters should be left to law enforcement. 
Trump also stated that his supporters are good people who can't believe the violence they see in some cities. Host Ingram asked, do you want your supporters to confront the left-wing protesters or do you want them to leave it to law enforcement? Trump responded, no, no, I don't want them. I want them to leave it to law enforcement. But my supporters are wonderful, hardworking, tremendous people. And they turn on the television set and they look at Portland or they look at Kenosha. Before I got involved and stopped it, and they looked at Chicago, where 78 people were shot last weekend. And numerous people died. Or they look at New York, where violence is up like, what, 150%? They're looking at all of us and they can't believe it. He added, it's a peaceful protest. I mean, they were protesting. They weren't, you know. It's amazing. They want to protest, and they get criticized. Speaking of his people, this is true. I mean, it's just the media, again, characterizes things so improperly. They try to create a narrative which doesn't doesn't exist in order to create bias for low information gatherers who read only things from headlines, for example. It's complete psychological warfare against our brains. It is information warfare. This comes from Red State. 94% 94% of COVID deaths had contributing causes, according new, to new CDC report. A new Center for Disease Control report has revealed that the vast majority of COVID-19-related deaths had contributing factors that led to the fa- fatality. According to this new report, a whopping 94% of the deaths that had coronavirus listed as the cause actually had something else that actually brought the death about. That leaves only 6% of the deaths to be caused by the COVID-19 virus without help. The CDC provided an information table that shows you the breakdown of what people died from most while having coronavirus. As you can see, the vast majority of them had other lung-related ailments associated with the deaths, with other factors such as hypertension, heart failure, and other circulatory system diseases to blame. This is something we've talked about a lot on PBF and how how there are so many people who have died from this who had pre-existing conditions and the, the numbers of people that we discovered or at least we've been told now, and this started in Italy, we first started seeing this because that was one of the first big lockdowns outside of China, where they said something like 80% of the people that they identified that, you know, died from it. These are people like over 75 and 85, and they said 80% of those people would not have made it to the end of 2020. This just sped up the process. Not, Not that people, you know, should necessarily die from something like this, but it's quite simple that this is being overblown. And it's very frustrating because of all of the other things that this has done to contribute to things like alcoholism, suicide, 
Other factors include deaths related to Alzheimer's, diabetes, obesity, as well as a large number related to intentional and unintentional injury, poisoning, and other adverse, adverse events. There are also nearly 78,000 deaths described as all other conditions and causes. It does not go further into further detail what adverse events or other conditions and causes means. The CDC also noted where the deaths took place. The most, by far, occurred in healthcare settings or hospitals at 105,964. Strikingly, nursing homes contained the next highest death numbers at 36,078. And let's talk about this. We know that Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Michigan, they were putting people with coronavirus into nursing homes. They were forced, these nursing homes were forced to take people with coronavirus, which spread it to the vulnerable population. Oddly enough, many of you may have seen that video of the 20-year-old who was placed into a nursing home and was recording himself on video beating up the nursing home patients while also <laughs> having the coronavirus. I don't know about you guys, but I'm buying it less and less the severity every single day. And to reclassify it and show us that 94% had all of these other conditions... And then you see people walking around with <laughs> winter coats in the summertime and gloves and masks. Insanity. <clears throat> Let's head over to the post-millennial again. Uh, we may have posted some of this, but I want to go a little more in depth. Six Minnesota mayors endorsed Trump. We don't recognize the Democratic Party. At least six Democratic mayors are reported to have broken with the party and endorsed President Donald Trump, according to The Blaze. The open letter was endorsed by Babbitt Mayor Andrea Zupanchic, Chisel Mayor John Champa, uh, let's just say the names of the cities, Eli Mayor, Eveleth Mayor, Two Harbors Mayor, and Virginia Mayor. Virginia, Minnesota? Well, we know that happens everywhere, but I'm always kind of like, interesting. The letter began, As greater Minnesota mayors from Democratic cities on the Iron Range of Minnesota, we today write to formally endorse the re-election of President Donald J. Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. Like many in our region, we have voted for Democrats over many decades. We have watched as our constituents jobs left not only the iron range but our country by putting tariffs on our products and supporting bad trade deals politicians like joe biden did nothing to help the working class the scathing letter continued we lost thousands of jobs and generations of young people have left the iron range in order to provide for their families with good paying jobs elsewhere the mayors agreed that the democratic party is unrecognizable in 2020 adding that it no longer represents the working class. 
Today, we don't recognize the Democratic Party. It has been moved so far to the left, it can no longer claim to be advocates of the working class. The hardworking Minnesotans that built their lives and supported their families here on the range have been abandoned by radical Democrats. And that's what's so interesting, too. The the Democrats have tried to bring in a lot of these corporate banking, uh, military-industrial complex-type people, and then also absorb these radical leftists. It's been uh, interesting to see how they've, they've tried to bring these forces together. And there's often clashes internally um, inside the Democrats. But I think the important factor is, well, they have the radical left inside there because they're trying to project the perception that they're for the people when really they're just about selling out this country. Trump receives post-convention bounce even from African-Americans. From Christopher Arps on Red State. And I think something I want to say too, something that a lot of people have noted, since about August 15th, a lot of these polling organizations have not been doing their polling. And you compare it to 2016, the numbers are down. I mean, there may be a third of the polls being done. Especially when you hit August 25th, they just kind of stopped because that was when Trump started picking up speed. Because polls do create the perception in people's minds that there is... People want to go along with the crowd. That's one thing that's been discovered. So, back to... This article last week, I told you that despite the glowing reviews from the mainstream media and the Democrat talking heads, the Democrats virtual convention or socialism infomercial telethon was a dud. Polling after the convention showed zero bounce for the historic ticket that includes the first female black Jamaican and Indian vice president nominee for a major party. The two early problems I noticed with the ticket, Senator Harris's policy flip-flops and criminal justice record plus Joe Biden's diminishing mental capacity and propensity for gaffes are problems the electorate seems to have identified and have concerns with as well. I find it that Joe Biden's acceptance speech garnered a larger audience than President Trump's acceptance speech, but President Trump is the candidate leaving his convention with a polling bounce. President Trump needed a convention bounce, and he got one. Emerging from the Republican National Convention with an improved standing against Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden, fueled by gains among white voters voters and those in the suburbs. Though he still trails the former vice president nationwide, a new morning consult poll conducted Friday asked 44,035 likely voters which candidate they would pick and found Joe Biden leading Trump by six percentage points, 50% to 44%. It marked a four-point improvement from his standing leading into convention on August 23rd, when Biden led 52% to 42%. And it appears that the morning consult poll is not an outlier. 
For its latest Yahoo News survey, which was conducted from August 27th to August 28th, YouGov con- recontacted respondents who participated in the Yahoo News YouGov poll one month earlier to gauge how the RNC and other events have affected their views. The poll taken at the end of July showed Biden with a lead of less than nine percentage points in the new survey. Those same registered voters give Biden an edge of just over six points. It's interesting, too, because we know that there tends to be a higher percentage of uh, Democrats shown in these polls. Now, and what I mean by that is people who are registered Democrats likely to vote. There tends to be a higher percentage. This could be a couple things. One, Republicans just tend to avoid the polls. They don't want to give their true feelings about what is going to, who they're going to vote for. They don't trust the polls. They don't know what this means uh, to get their information out there. You know, you're going to be recontacted as well. It's just that unwillingness to answer the polls and then unwillingness to give a true answer because of the age we live in, the cancel culture. One last article. NBA ratings are in a free fall, while the players forget what they do for a living. It might be time to focus on something besides your pet activist cause, like the game you are being paid to play. There has been a lot of news coming out of the NBA the past couple of weeks. Following their return to play on courts with BLM insignia and jerseys monogrammed with social clauses, clauses, The players decided to halt play last week in response to the Kenosha riots in Wisconsin and also to stand up for Jacob Blake, who we were told went to break up a fight between two women and was unarmed. We know that he was trespassing because he had previously sexually assaulted a woman on the property and he was carrying a knife and he'd been tased and he put a police officer in a chokehold. But the benevolent NBA decided they were going to go out and support this man because they believe lies and they love China. (laughs) Um, LeBron James is spearheading a get-out-the-vote organization. Teams want to convert their arenas to polling stations, and there is still the specter of involvement with China looming in the background. LeBron even came forward with comments about the Goodyear tire uproar. Notice how a few people are talk how few people are talking about an actual basketball about actual basketball. The NBA has become fully entrenched in the wokeness of our times. Playoff games saw a stark loss of 20% over last season's playoff debuts across a number of networks. More telling, it was a larger drop in the key demo of 18 to 49-year-olds down 28%. This follows a trend that has been experienced since the league started its season back up last month. The team owners and many others want to attribute this to pandemic influence. It also defies some of the realities coming into the playoffs. Let's 
they're trying to say the pandemic is affecting people watching it, yet the pandemic is putting people in their homes and more likely engaged with media. That's a poor, poor response. What has to have the league executives worried is that the NBA has seen the lowest ratings in nearly a decade. The numbers are off a staggering 45% since the 2011 season. And remember, there was the China controversy. I think it's completely obvious to people who aren't in the bubble. You have your most precipitous drop this last year after the NBA's response to the Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey's comments about China. I mean, an absolute free fall where you're losing double digits on the national ratings, double digits on the local ratings. This is when the NBA is hitting the news for people who are not necessarily completely engaged. You know, February after football is done. And I think when you talk to a lot of people who aren't within the media, people maybe where their politics don't line up 100% with what's being evinced, yeah, a lot of people are turned off by it. And I think that's very true. I think that all of these sports, from NBA to NFL, NHL, MLB, they're stopping play for criminals. These are not individuals that are great individuals that they're deciding they're not going to play the sport for. You know, these are, it's, it's all part of the psychological warfare. They're trying to convince you that these people are just great human beings that we should all go out and protest for. Now, and they're going to suffer. You know, NFL already was suffering some because of the kneeling. And it's just getting worse. Now they're going to put the players' names on their helmets. Pathetic. All right. This is Romeo One Oscar. And I am out.